for us to fully grasp or to, to grasp the understanding of the consequences of sin, well defined in the song that we've just sung, it's the way of the cross. As you can read or we look in Hebrews chapter 7 verses 20 through 28, talking about Jesus and the priesthood, it is because of the consequences of sin. If there were no consequences of sin, there would be no need for Jesus to be the high priest. But because there are consequences for sin, there is a need for us to have that high priest. We look a lot, because we're humans, a lot at the life we live here and the things that we go through, and we, we can talk about consequences of sin in the physical realm and the grace of God and the working in our lives. And I was thinking about that as we sang number one, To God Be the Glory, written by Fanny Crosby. And again, uh, she was one who, at about age six weeks, was given some wrong medication in her eyes, and she was blind for the rest of her life. But she, as, as you can read a number of the verses that she wrote for different songs, you catch a different glimpse of her that she never saw it in a negative light, that she wrote over, I think it's 12,000 hymns or poems down through her lifetime, many of them written into songs, and many of them are in our songbook. But always that positive outlook on things. And we're familiar with passages as Romans 3.23, the wages of sin. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. We can go on and enumerate numerous passages that talk about the wages of sin or the consequences of sin. Matthew 25, the judgment scene, uh, those who have sinned and have not received redemption for those sins will receive that eternal punishment away from the presence of God. Also, 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 9. I want to look a little differently, if you will, for a few moments and time to, to look, if you will, from a different perspective. There's no way for us to even begin to, to grasp eternity. of how long was eternity before time began. We have no knowledge of that and shall not on this side of eternity. Never fully comprehend that. But simply that fact that, you now we have Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But we also know from Ephesians 1, 3-12, that God had planned man's redemption the consequence for the sins that we would commit, that God planned man's redemption before he laid the foundation of the world. That time frame, which is almost insurmountable for us, and yet with God it's not, for time is not with him. Eternity has no beginning and it has no end. But the fact that somewhere God the Father and the Holy Spirit 
with angels longing to look in into why and what he was doing, they were doing, planned to redeem mankind. The consequences of our sin. We oftentimes consider them in a light perspective. We're aware of the what we might call real bad sins that we need to repent of or have repented of and allow the blood of Jesus and that's part of that consequence. Jesus having to take on the form of a human being and having to shed that blood on that cross. But that consequence of sin also applies to those minor ones that we think so lightly of, of at, at times. Well, that's no big thing. That's a little white lie or however we want to term, use terms. But there's a consequence. And the consequence of human sins involved the eternal God and of his love for us and our life. You can look in Genesis 1 and we've heard it read and we've read it numerous times. We know that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and the spirit was, uh, was over the float over the spirit of the, of, of the, over the oceans or the waters. But in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And again, Psalm 19.1 says, Heaven declare the glory of God, and the earth shows forth his handiwork. That creation gives you a glimpse of the beauty, the majesty, and the power of God. The power is tremendous. Doesn't take time or long to, to think about volcano in Hawaii. And now they're saying that that thing could continue to blow for two, three, four years. This is the power of his creation, forming new land. And the land masses that we have are not the land masses that were created. We had a flood that covered the earth and that pressure changed the landscape of the earth. The power of God. And you can read about his creation. The stars, the moon, the plants, the vegetation, the animal life, fish, and then the creation of man. Always loved Genesis 2 and verse 7. And God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. God formed man, created everything with a spoken word, but he created man from the dust of the ground, formed him and shaped him. His love. And you get down to verse 31. And it says, everything that God has made was very good. The universe, the earth, everything on this earth, 
man and woman. It was all very good. But we well know that that's not the end. But that was it. There would be no consequence or a need for the consequence of sin because there was no sin. And then you have the devil. Always thinking that somewhere down through time he can gain an upper hand. And at times he has been very successful. But he's never gained the victory that he thinks he could gain because of the love of God for his creation, which includes mankind. Man was sin. And he would learn the consequence of that sin. And that would be a lesson that mankind would learn in every generation down through human history. We talk about it today. We talk about man's inhumanity to man. We talk about the atrocities that man has instilled upon other mankind. The lack of care, lack of concern, the willingness to take life on a whim and no thought of any consequence. The consequence of sin has always been there since the Garden of Eden. And you see again in that planning of man's redemption, of God's plan to do it his way. Maybe not in a way that we would have thought about or would want it to do, the, the patience of again trying to have man see the consequences of the sins that they had committed that he would set up the law of Moses the Ten Commandments he would establish a priesthood that the Hebrew writer is talking about there in seven talk about its requirements And again, I don't know of any time that man has really stopped to consider that sacrifice or those sacrifices under the law of Moses. It was a part of their life. They kind of grew up with it. But you think about how many animals, how many innocent animals who had done nothing wrong lost their lives because of the sin of man. The lamb had to be perfect without spot. The firstborn of the flock. No blemish, no nothing. Foreshadowing the coming of the perfect sacrifice. Would also give his life, who had done nothing wrong, would have to die that cruel cross on that cruel cross, not for his sins, but for the atonement for the sins of human beings that he had loved, cared for, watched, 
protected and guided since the creation of the world. But they also would read about something else coming, someone else coming. A different redeemer, a different sacrifice. Those sacrifices of old were offered year in and year out. Every year they would have the sacrifice and lay the sins of the congregation on the goat and send it out into the wilderness. And every year they start all over again. Every day, every week, every feast, sacrifices would be made. Not only in Jerusalem, but wherever else they may have been. And they'd make those trips to Jerusalem to offer those sacrifices unto God. The consequences of sin became such a part of life that they simply really forgot what it was all about. And we can have that same attitude. We can take that sacrifice of Jesus Christ upon the cross for the atonement of our sins as such a common fact that we honestly forget the consequence of sin. Oh, we, he died for us. We remember his death. We partake of that blood that represents the blood he shed. Take the fruit or the, the bread that represents the body that he hung on the cross. But it's such drilled into us, if you will, that we forget. God in eternity planned to redeem man because of the consequences of our sins the casualness in which we enter into them, the hardness of heart which we have as a result of that. Talked about the rich young ruler this morning, that he had done what was told, he kept the commandments, he asked what he needed to do to have eternal life, and when he found out what he needed to do, he could not do that and walked away. But Jesus had to shed his blood for those sins as well. And the ones that we can overlook or that we can excuse or rational way, the consequence of sin is that blood of Jesus. He is leaving heaven. We say of his own free will. Philippians 2, 5 through 11 Tremendous passages to read through. Just trying to catch that glimpse of Jesus not thinking equality with God, a thing to be held on to or to, to grasp and refuse to let go of, but was willing to empty himself. He was willing to leave equality with God to take on the form of a servant. That's part of the consequences of sin. Jesus having to leave heaven. Jesus choosing to leave heaven to be our atonement. 
and to take on that servant role. Didn't come to be served, he came to serve. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Those that would reject him, but he still gave his life and his blood. That they would have that opportunity if they would so choose to have eternal life with him. He would give us that New Testament that would guide us through this process of Jesus on the earth. You can read as you start in Matthew, you can read of his genealogy. You can read of that care that was involved in bringing him to the earth. The protection of the people so that that seed that would bless the whole world would be able to come into this world. Then to read about how he was received. To read how he was perceived. To read of the rejection. To, to hear all those false accusations that they would hurl at him. To listen to the charges at the trial or the trials. Not a one charge that was true. And yet he spoke not a word in his defense. The consequence there, as you, as you look, is he put that absolute trust in his father. Remember as he closed out his life on the cross? Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he died. That's the consequence of sin. To see that rejection, the crucifixion, again to see what it cost. Jesus. No way to comprehend that. No way to even begin to, to grasp, get a good foothold on that thought. We gaze into the galaxy. We send spacecraft out there with enhanced telescopes. And the farther we go out, the bigger the telescopes are that we send out there, the more images that they send back, it seems to be an endless expanse of stars and galaxies that boggle the mind. And to remember, God is greater than what he's created. How must he be that he could create a vast universe that we cannot even, have not even seen if it ends? How far does it go? And that he designed it for man. The amazing part about that. How many times has man stood in awe 
of the stars and the galaxies that are out there. I don't believe the animals really care <laughs> what's out there. It's not an interest to them, but it is to us. How could he design that? That there is a designer behind it. And to have one who has that power, that majesty, that being beyond description would give that up. Because you transgressed the word of God. He did it for you. He did it for me. He did it because he loved. He did it because beyond all of that, his desire is that this created finite being, weak and frail as it is, may be able through that blood that was a consequence of our sins, that through that blood we could be with God eternally in heaven. So what do we do with what this Jesus has done for us? How do we look at the life that we live and contemplate the consequences of sin. The negative side of those consequences are beyond description as well. How? Separation eternally from God. But the other consequences of our sin is because of that sin, Jesus gave his life. And because he gave his life, we can be a child of the living God and, leave it and live eternally with him. But through all of that, God has always left that up to you as an individual. He did in the garden. He did all the way down through human history. You choose. It's your choice. It boggles the mind to think about the, the eternal consequences of those decisions, but it's your choice. The invitation song says, Lord, I'm coming home. Is that your heart's desire? Is that your life's ambition? Is that your determination? As you live each day, is that a song that you would be singing? Lord, I'm coming home. If it's not, we'd want to encourage you to make that change in your life this evening. If we could assist you, if we could help you in any way, then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.